tonight I wanted Joe to share, uh, since we're talking on vision, um, I wanted to have Joe just to come and we're going to celebrate with him a little bit, just to his story over the last couple of years. So Joe, come on up. Let me pray for us. Father, in Jesus' name, we just uh, invite your presence over these men. We just open hands and open hearts ready to receive from you. So just pray for Joe that you would just give him courage just to speak boldly and just share just the testimony of the Lord and what you have done in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, thanks, Russell. So yeah, Russell calls me today, I don't know what time it was, I think it was like 6.45, and asked me to speak tonight at 7. So yeah, so here we go. Um, Basically, I'll give you kind of where I was. Most of you, a lot of you have heard about the nonprofit that I founded when I got here to Colorado Springs, and it's called Angels of America's Fallen. And uh, some of you have not heard about it, but basically we serve the children of our fallen military and first responders, and we do so in a different way than you typically hear of scholarships. Scholarships have their place. That's a wonderful thing for those kids when they're 18, 19 years old and they're ready to go to college, if that's their thing. But I knew from personal loss of friends that it was always guys with young kids. And so after some research, I found out that, in fact, the average age is seven years old, and... I was really concerned about what kind of mentoring and development, these developmental guidance these kids were getting when they moved from the base back to wherever they were from. And uh, it was a big concern for, for me. And it weighed heavily on me. And it was just something in the back of my mind. You know, I always worried about that. And then uh, this kind of leads me to, so where I was in life when this vision of what am I going to do? Well, I was a few years away from retiring from the military. And um, I was thinking of what things I could do. And I got to tell you, there was absolutely nothing, no job, no interest in a single thing that I could think of. I mean, I couldn't think of, I could go be a contract guy. I could make a lot of money doing that. I could go back to the airlines. I had been an airline pilot and got furloughed when 9-11 happened and went back in active duty and had put together this career from three different services that I never planned to do, um, but zero interest. So I'm at a soccer game with my kids and we were planning an RV trip. That's one thing I did know I wanted to do was spend time with my boys because I had missed too much, and I wanted to spend time just driving around for a year. Like, no calendar, no, I mean, no guidelines, no nothing. So we had saved and we'd prepared for this, and we were a few years out at that point. And I saw a guy that had been sponsored on the golf tour, and I asked him, hey, you know what, I'd like to offset the cost of my RV trip around the country. Maybe I could get somebody to sponsor me, paint Red Bull on the side of the RV or something, and, you know, cut my costs. And he said, you know what you need to do is get a cause. Attach a cause to your trip. And then sponsors will be more likely to want to do something for you. So I thought about that, and I didn't think about it really long. We, the soccer game was over. We went to a Dairy Queen, and in the Dairy Queen, uh, where all good ideas come, I guess, uh, I just had this feeling, I, I just got this thing, and to me it was saying, you don't attach a cause to yourself. You attach yourself to a cause. And that's when I told my wife, here's what we're going to do. And it was one of those, man, I, how I felt when I had that idea was energized. It was kind of like a lightning bolt moment. I said, this is what I'm supposed to do. But I didn't realize it was from God. I didn't, I didn't make that connection. I just, oh, I've got a great idea. This is what I'm supposed to do. I, I had this overpowering feeling. So um, then we go on the RV trip. And now there's a lot of time. Because it was about a year. We're driving around. And then there's, a, there's an awful lot of time to do nothing, which was, should be absolutely wonderful. We spent, not in the RV, but we went to Hawaii, space available, stayed there for five weeks, Drove up to Alaska, panning for gold, catching salmon, biggest salmon run they'd had in years. They doubled the limit. And um, all this great stuff, six weeks in Alaska, and came through here and um, checked out new life. 
Actually, we parked the RV. We were, I was thinking Colorado Springs for years, didn't know why. We'd never been stationed here. I just thought Colorado Springs is where we should move. Came to New Life that first weekend, uh, met Dean Miles and his family at Guest Central and connected with them. They invited us out of the RV to their big house where we could watch football games together, and it was really nice, and then we left. And we drove all the way down to the Keys, still not sure if this was the place for us or not. And uh, while I was gone during that time, Christmas occurred, and I found myself on Christmas Day just utterly depressed. In fact, I was standing there saying, I hate my world on Christmas Day. Why? Why? You know, the work stress was gone, right? I'm traveling around in the country. Everything should have been wonderful, but it wasn't. And it turns out I had chronic major depression from Lyme disease, which I'd had for about three and a half years, undiagnosed, and I had a lot of issues. And then I got treated for that, but some of the things were residual, and neurologically, that was one of the things. I had never had this before, so it was foreign to me, and I didn't admit to it until I was flat-out miserable. And then we came here. We decided in January to drive to Colorado Springs, but I'd still done nothing about the depression, although I recognized, and I wanted a fix. I wanted it to be over. Uh, Not my life so much, but I did have impending feelings of doom. You know, I had anxiety with that depression. And we got here, and wham, right away, Colorado Springs felt like the place to be, and we met Jason Foster and his wife at the RV park and made more family connections here at the NED, and before I knew it, What I realized was there were a lot of diversion tactics the enemy was using against me during that time. And depression, lack of energy, lack of focus, Christmas Day saying I hate my world. Um, I also went through a period when I'm looking at if I do this nonprofit, I'm going to make nothing at the beginning. Zero income from that, right? And then even if it gets going, maybe limited income. And what's the economy going to do? And all this. And I found myself for the first time ever with a little bit of jealousy and pride when it comes to money. I'd always been happy for anybody that won the lottery or happy for anybody that got promoted or whatever it was, and it never affected me because that's them, that's me, it's separate, and I I didn't care. But I found myself starting to look around and saying, well, why is that guy going to have that much money and I'm going to be making nothing if I'm doing this? Again, diversion tactics. And then, so the conception, boom, got the idea, didn't realize it was from God, started to realize that during this time because now I started getting active here at New Life and there were confirmations for me that started here. And that includes Brady on a couple of the first sermons that we attended. He spoke specifically about James 1.27. And, and that says that religion that God our Father accepts as pure and, and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. That's exactly where I was in my personal commitment to serve. And I had realized at that point that, okay, I'm supposed to serve, I want to serve, and I'm not worried about the money, back and forth about the money. Um, but what I got here, uh, and then in Brady's book as well, you know, I got a copy of that, didn't read it until we got parked here in the RV, we're looking for a house and just nothing's happening, and read the book, and I find that a lot of that was about serving as well, based again on James one twenty-seven. And out of that, I got energy. And through New Life, I got, uh, I got contacts, I got divine appointment. When it was time to file the nonprofit, I'm introduced to Hugh Jones, an attorney here that has just started law as ministry to offer that service affordably. It was cheaper than hiring a plumber by the hour. You know, I'd never run into a nonprofit attorney in my life. Um, there were other, there were many confirmations. The first family I ran into Terrence Andre here at the net, and he put me in touch with the wife of the first chaplain to die in a combat zone since Vietnam, and he had three boys, and they were local here in Colorado Springs. So that was the first family we served before we had confirmation from the IRS that we were going to be a nonprofit, we just started acting like one and said, you know, I don't want to wait to do something for families. I may have to wait to try to get grants, but I'm going to put my money in and I'm going to do something. Put your money where your mouth is, right? 
Um, and it was incredibly inspiring that it was her, that it was Christy Getz was the first one, because she's a very strong woman of faith, and she wanted as much good to come out of her loss as possible. And there, I could go on and on and on. I've only got a few minutes here. But uh, a major confirmation. Um, it, sometimes it was like following breadcrumbs. Sometimes it was following bread loaves, the whole loaf thrown out there right in front of me. That's when, um, again, there's opportunity for diversion, right? I'm following. I feel good about it, but nothing's happening. I mean, we have helped some families, but that's okay. But if I put the word out too far and get a bunch of families before I can get the grants, what happens if 100 kids try to sign up? I'm going to say no to a kid that's lost his father or mother. No, I don't want to do that. So um, it got slow. I was waiting and waiting and waiting on the IRS. And during this time, um, go figure, there's a little bit of temptation that comes thrown at me, right? Anything to get me off track, because if this really is what God wants me to do, and I'm convinced that it is, what would, the enemy would love nothing better than to get me back into the world. You know, I'm supposed to keep myself from being polluted by the world, right? So uh, American Airlines, who I'd flown for before, contacted me and said, um, no, let me back up, that's not it. Um, what happened was it had been a long time without money. And my wife and I were saying, you know, we, we had gotten some additional funds, and we were, I could ask the board to maybe go ahead and pick a salary for me, and I could start getting something. And we had a little bit of money in the account, and that's what I was going to do. And then I got contacted by uh, a lady in Tennessee. She's 24 years old, and her son was born three weeks after his father died, the Lance Corporal in the Marine Corps, and it's one of the iconic images that you've probably seen on Facebook. And if you go to our website, you'll see it. A uh, little baby laying on his dad's uniform by a photo of him in book, uh, boots and dog tag and a Bible. And the placeholder in the Bible is their wedding announcement. And it just really grabbed you. And it was her. And she was going to college three days a week trying to become a counselor for the VA. And her son, who's now two years old, needed some place to be. And our motto, our, our, I, our guideline is we want to connect kids with an activity that they really enjoy that's developmental, but it's got some adult mentoring and guidance not just drop them off at daycare, but there was a kinder care, no, nope, Montessori school, I'm, I'm conv- confusing my kids, but a Montessori school, and that's one of their things, I mean, they're, they're about trying to teach the kids, so he's learning word sounds and other things, and you know, this kind of stuff, but guess what, guess what the cost was, the cost for the year to send him to the Montessori school was our bank account, so it's pay for Landon to go to Montessori school, or ask the board to maybe get a paycheck, and so I told Shelly, hey, we're sending Atlanta to Montessori school. And it was the day after that when I got word that the IRS had approved our 501c3 and we got our tax-exempt status. And now I can start opening doors. And I believe that's a thing, diligence. Um, so there was the fulfillment, really. It became. It became a 501c3. It was real. It wasn't a concept. It had been going for years in my mind and taking forever. But during that time, I had lost some energy. And uh, one of the things was Garvin speaking here at the net. In fact, when I, this is stepping back a little bit, but six months after they cashed my check, the IRS had not assigned my case to a single person for review yet. It had not been seen by a human. And I'm just killing time, killing time. And uh, speaking with Garvin, he was, talking, he was talking here about the foot lamp, and you can only see so many feet in front of you. And I thought, you know, I'm only getting to see a few feet in front of me, but God started this, and he's going to finish it. So it's not for me to worry about. It's for me to be diligent. And the difference in diligence versus being driven, which is what I was my whole life before, is when you're driven, you tend to take credit for what you're doing. I'm real driven. I'll bang on the door. I'll show up. I'll do this. I'd always gotten what I wanted in life because I would see what path was required, and I'd, boom, go knock down doors and make it happen. 
But with this, it was simple diligence. Stay committed. Let God move it and let him happen. Let him make it happen. And that, uh, I'm kind of going long probably here, but uh, to tell you where it is now, man, there's been a lot of confirmation. So on your tables, you see there's a Chick-fil-A flyer. We've got Military Appreciation Week that starts next week. And uh, the three Chick-fil-A's in town are doing a fundraiser where a portion of the proceeds from everybody that puts receipts into a basket and say, you know, it's for us. We're the one charity for all three stores for that week. And Fox 21 is going to interview the Getz family with the three boys that we helped first. That's going to run that night to kick off the thing. That's our first media, real media coverage. And then I've got meetings set with the governor of Alabama and uh, the chancellor of my old university. And then after the press event for that, then I'm going to be taken throughout the state for press events and then put before companies, large companies, to uh, request sponsorship. And then uh, I was starting to go into it. American Airlines called me and asked me to come back to work. And uh, the window for that should have closed a few years ago. And uh, it turns out that when they went bankrupt, they raided the cash lump sum distribution that everybody was supposed to get at retirement. So to make amends for that this year, just this calendar year, they're going to pay out about 100 to 140,000. It kind of depends, but about 100,000 for me is where it would have been if I just said, yeah, and go back to work and be on property and get that $100,000 check, and then I could quit six months later. But the idea was that everything with this nonprofit would stop if I went for the money. So again, temptation, no. I knew it was a trick. I said, no, I can't do it. It'd be great. I'd like to replace that beat-up old van I've got. But uh, I told him I can't go back because of this cause. But, you know, I'd really like American to support this cause. And that resulted in a discussion with a chief or with a, a captain that's their Veterans Affairs representative. And so now they've donated round-trip tickets for me to get to D.C., to get to Alabama, to get to Tennessee and interview Landon's mother and some other things. And I wouldn't have come if I had taken the money. So um, conception, it was a this is the idea thing. And it took me a little bit of time to connect and realize that God had given me that. And when I connected with that, that's when the negative feelings, that's when the energy, that's when that kind of stuff came back to me. That's when I got the divine appointments. Too many to mention. I mean, great ones. And then uh, fulfillment with the IRS coming right after, I stayed diligent. I stayed committed. I'm in it, and God's going to take care of me. And then, uh, again, rewards, not for me, not dollar-wise. I still haven't gotten a dollar, um, but the rewards are internal, and it's by far more rewarding than the dollars. And I'm sure the dollars are going to come later, too. Um, At whatever level, you know, as long as I don't go broke, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm willing to go that far. So uh, I guess the thing is, when you're, if you're looking for your calling, if you're looking for your thing, you can expect there's going to be ups and downs. It's a tug of war. There is a spiritual warfare that's, that's reality. It's going on. I felt it pulling me back. I felt it pulling me down. And what I found was a collection of men through here at the net, through the connections that I've made through guys here at the net. When I come to New Life and I see five or six or ten guys that I know every Sunday out of the thousands that are walking around, and I walk up and say hello to them and for the most part, remember the names, which is certainly a gift that I got after I started this process because I didn't have it before. And that's the other thing. Uh, I didn't have the skill set to do this kind of stuff. I didn't know anything about this at all. I just knew it's what I was supposed to do, and the skill sets are coming to me, or the people that have that skill set are coming to me. Just last week, I had a CPA offer to do all our accounting stuff for free. Uh, Bookkeeping Express had already volunteered to do their, their uh, you know, help us with our books for free. And that doesn't happen. Actually, if you know, Colorado Springs is, is like the mecca for nonprofits, which is great when it comes to networking and learning stuff, but you really have to make a living doing it too. So this is a hard town to get donations or to get anything for free because there's just so many out there. So, uh, but things are happening. And uh, 
I appreciate Russell asking me late this evening, or it wasn't 6.45, a little bit earlier, but still, um, because it ties in. I was going to ask him if it was appropriate to put these Chick-fil-A flyers out here, and instead he called and asked me if I could come and speak about this process with the 501c3 and conception and fulfillment and a little bit of diversion and spiritual warfare is certainly a part of it. But God's good. He's powerful. He's going to win. So why not just stick with the winning team? No reason to jump on the other one. I don't care what they're promising. So that's it. Thanks, guys.